0: God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind, everybody say a wind, to blow across the earth and the water subsided. They went in seven days after the ark was completed. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the waters were on the earth for 150 days. You add all of that up together, at this point, it is 290 days. And for 290 days, almost an entire year, Noah and his family are having to take care of the animals. For 290 years, they're having to go up to the level where the animals are, to, down to level two where the animals are, and they're having to shovel all the things that animals produce for 290 years. For 290 years, when an animal gets thirsty and starts griping and complaining because it's not getting what it's wanting in its cage, they have to go deal with it. For 290 years, Noah has to put up with his wife who is tired of putting up with him. And he's got to put up with his sons and his sons' wives. And his sons' wives have to put up with their stinky, smelly husbands. For 290 years, they have nowhere to go. They are quarantining in a boat with a bunch of animals for 290 years. Have you gotten the picture that they've been on this boat a long time? How long was it, y'all? Not days. I said years, didn't I? It was 290 days. Oh, my Lord. Golly. I made that whole point. I spent all my time making the point, and I said it completely wrong. Everyone watching online, we're going to edit all of that out. 290 days. Not 290 years. 290 days. It was still a long time, y'all. Y'all leave me alone. I ain't feeling good. They were taking care of the animals. They were taking care of each other. They were putting up with each other's attitudes. They were putting up with disappoint disappointments that were being created because of their circumstance. They were dealing with it every morning. They had to wake up and deal with yet another problem that happens when you live on a boat with a flipping zoo. And I don't know if you've spent a long extended period of time with extended family. There's a reason that you forsake mom and dad and you get your own house. (laughs) The Lord blessed Olga and I when we had been married for about a year that we we needed to go move back in with my my in-laws or we needed to move in with my in-laws for a period of time. And let me just tell you, that was the worst period of my life. I'm thankful that we had a place to go when the market crashed and all the things that we had put our security in went away and we had a place to go. I I appreciate that, and I love my in-laws. They're amazing people, but I needed to get up out their house. (laughs) Or they needed to get up out their house. Somebody was going to have to leave. I cannot imagine living in such cramped quarters because at least I could go outside. Like, they couldn't go anywhere. The door was closed. The windows are closed. Or window was closed in this case. Like, they're stuck in there for 290 days. I said it right. And you say, man, why would God punish them? No, you got to understand this. They were rescued, but they still had responsibility. And it's easy to forget the fact that rescue is freedom from chaos, but not responsibility. And I want to challenge this morning this postmodern easy believism, sissy Christianism that says, I fall in love with Jesus just to be safe. And Jesus saved me because he loved me. I want to challenge this. Because that's not what the Bible says. You and I have not been rescued out of darkness and brought fully into marvelous light for us to sit there and celebrate salvation. We have been called out of what was and we have been called into fully what is so that we can be effective in the world in which we live. You haven't been rescued for you to go. Yes, you've been rescued to go to work. The mission of Jesus Christ was passed on to every believer. And I know it seems like I'm getting out of the story, but I'm not. The mission of Jesus Christ was not to come in and make... Really, really weak minded believers feel comfortable about themselves. The mission of Jesus Christ was to seek and to save the lost. And when He reaches into the hell that is your story and He pulls you out and He places you on a solid rock, it's for you to be effective in a world that's falling apart. Come on, let's give Him about 30 seconds of praise. Noah and his family were rescued, but they had responsibility. The worst thing that a believer can say is, it's just my time to just sit here and soak in his presence. You won't find Bible for that. I did tell Kristen to come soak today. You've been working hard, so we'll work for you so you can rest today. So that, that part's not for you. So The rest of the sermon's for you, but not that part. But we get so addicted. And and here's the deal. We get addicted to worship. And we forget the fact that worship is for believers to Jesus, not the lost. And we've convinced ourselves that if we can get a worship environment, that lost people are going to get saved. No. They're going to look around and go, what are y'all doing? It'd be like somebody stepping into a date that you're on. You're out on a date with Jesus and somebody says, do you mind if I sit at your table? That's slightly awkward. (laughs) Let me just tell you, if that's not awkward, you've got issues. You should talk to somebody. But the church has gotten so addicted to worship that we like to go deep and the lost people walk in and say, I don't know what's going on. It feels okay but I don't really know where I fit in this moment of intimacy. You see, everything that has breath praises the Lord. You don't have to be intimate with God to praise Him, but you do have to be intimate with God to worship Him. And the church has decided that it's okay to just create worship atmospheres, and we're expecting God to save the lost in worship He's like, I can't. That's our intimate time. You need to create an environment, and you need to go to work. How is God going to save the world? Through you. That's why he saved you. No, he he called the preachers. No, he didn't. He called the preachers to tell you what the Bible says. Then he called you to leave the comfort of the house of God and go out to your job, to your school, to your family, to everywhere, at the highways and the byways, and compel them to come into the presence of God. That's our responsibility because we're believers. And I know I've already offended a couple of you, but I love you anyway. It's okay. you got to understand this. Noah and his family were rescued, but they had been entrusted with responsibility. There are three areas of responsibility that I want to highlight for you. First, they had to care for the supplies. Everybody say supplies. In other words, they had to steward the resources. They had to steward the resources. What does the word steward mean? It means to manage and to make sure you have enough. You you can't start a project without knowing everything that you need. And when you get into the middle of it, you got to have an idea of where all of your resources are so that you can move forward to the next place. Noah and his entire family, his wife, his sons, and his son's wives, all of them had to steward the resources. Second thing they had to do was care for the animals. Everybody say animals. They had to steward the legacy. You see, the animals, as we've already covered in this series, served a dual purpose. There were certain animals that were there for sacrifice and food, but then there were also other animals that were simply there to repopulate the earth. That's why God said, I want you to get a male and female of every kind, but of those clean animals, I want you to get more pairs because you're going to eat some of them. And you're going to sacrifice some of them. But all of the animals are here to repopulate the earth. The legacy. God has entrusted believers with legacy. And the legacy is not for you to go, yes, I'm saved. I'm so glad about it. I'm glad that you're glad about your salvation. And I'm happy for you. But what are you doing with it? I'm glad that you spent four hours studying off of something that you got off of Christian Wikipedia, but when is the last time you discipled a lost person? And don't just tell me that you're in relationship with them and that's your discipling. No, if they are not getting closer to Jesus, my friend, they are not being discipled. They're just getting connected to you. When have you reached out of your story into someone else's story to steward the legacy that God has invested in you? Well, I did it in times past. Has he ever lifted the responsibility. Let me just hear you. I want you to just hear me today. God is speaking to every one of us as believers and every one of us in this family all across the world. We have a responsibility to the lost and dying world. And it's not simply to go do pop-up church. It's not simply to be easy believers and Christian. It's simply there for us to say, no, we are the people of God and we have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and we're going to reach into hell and we're going to mess up every one of hell's plans. The third responsibility was they had to care for each other. Everybody say each other. In other words, they had to steward the community. They had to steward the resources. They had to steward the legacy. And they had to steward the community. Believer, if you're not spending time with other believers. Let me back up. Let me pastor real quick. If the only believers in your life who are pouring into you are believers from another congregation, you're missing the point of why God put you in this congregation. He takes the lonely and places them in families. Yes, we are part of the global body of Christ, but there's a reason that God brought you here. And if you're always getting fed by other believers, you're missing out on what God's plan is. for you. There's a reason why God does what he does, and I know that's not popular. It's still right, but it's not popular. And pastors are scared to talk about that. But let me just tell you, God has shaken me with the fact that I have been a passive pastor and that I've backed up from preaching truth because I didn't want to offend anyone. You see, it's easy even as a man or a woman of God to forget that the gospel is offensive in and of itself. I can't take it personally if you get offended when the word of God is preached. I can't. I can't get mad at you because you got offended because the gospel offends all of us, myself included. But truth is truth. God took you and placed you here. And here's the deal. If you said this is my church home, you need to listen to your pastor today because there's going to be a day that I have to stand in front of the great white throne and give account for what I said to you. And you can bet your bottom dollar I'm not going to lie to God. I did that once. I did. It doesn't go over well. I don't recommend you do that. Ananias and Sapphira lied to God. and Well, that wasn't under grace. Yeah, that was in the book of Acts. Grace had already come. God don't take it kindly when you lie to him. I'm not going to stand in front of him and say, Oh, I told him everything. Y'all, you've got to hear me. Christian, stop living in your salvation. Start living your salvation. Start reaching beyond yourself. Stop looking for opportunities just to have fun with people and start saying, hey, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know the one who can change every part of your life? Do you know the one who paid the price for you? Well, Man, can you make the church more comfortable for me? No, I cannot. I promise you it's going to get more uncomfortable for you. It's going to get uncomfortable for all of us because the church is supposed to be a beacon in a dark world, not supposed to be a social club. We have responsibility that comes the moment that we receive rescue. Y'all with me this morning? You've got to take responsibility for the community that he placed you in. And here's the deal. If you're isolating yourself so that you don't have to come to grips with what you're facing in your life. My friend, you're hurting yourself. You need to get surrounded by godly believers who are walking the same path with you, and you need to say, hey, y'all, I'm struggling in this right now. I need y'all to talk real to me. I don't need you to be passive with me. I need you to talk real to me and tell me where I'm stepping in stuff I'm not supposed to be stepping in. Is this okay this morning? But let's go back to Genesis chapter 8 verse 1. I just want to look at the first three words here. God remembered Noah. Everybody say remembered. I told you this a few weeks ago, but let, let me break it back down. The word that Moses used when he's writing the book of Genesis, when he uses, when he writes the word God, it's God for us. But the word that he used in the Hebrew is the word Elohim. The word Elohim is not a, another name for God. It's the way that he is referencing a very specific characteristic of God. He's wanting us to see that this is the one who always has been, but he is the one who is divine justice in and of himself. So God, when, when you see in the Old Testament the word God, that's what the writer is wanting you to see. Is that everybody with me? Went back to school for a second. God, the eternal one who is divine justice, remembered Noah. If you go back a few weeks ago, we learned that Noah's name means rest. You're awesome. Thank you. See, blue letter Bible will confirm when you ask. Thank you, Siri. Praise the Lord, Sister Siri. Shana da 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 da. If you haven't seen that video, you should. It's thinking hilarious. But. So God, you gotta read, You got to read the first three words like this. Divine justice remembered rest. Divine justice remembered rest. So we're digging deep in this. So I, This is, by the way, the only word that I'm going to unpack today. But I want you to see this. this. This is so much in this. The word remembered in this context simply means this. Notice, to keep in remembrance and it also means to memorialize. To keep in remembrance and it means to memorialize. Now this is where God grabbed me and pulled me back because I did not notice this. Because it's easy to read this and say, wait, the divine eternal one who is eternal justice forgot something so then he had to remember it right because that's what we we forget things and then it pops back in our head oh yeah that's where i put my wallet but that's not what the text is saying here the text is not saying that Noah went through all of the things that he went through for 290 days after the 120 years. I got those time frames right on that one. But it's not that God had forgotten Noah. It's the fact that God chose to intentionally remember everything that Noah had done and everything that Noah was going through and to remember everything that he had prepared Noah to do when the time was right. But he didn't just intentionally think about it. He memorialized what Noah was doing. Let me break this down so you get this. God saw Noah. Some of you think that God has forgotten you. Some of you are here this morning because you've been living in some hell. You've been living in some crap in your life. You've been dealing with stuff with family members. You've been dealing with stuff at work. You've been dealing with stuff at school. You're going through transitions, and you think God forgot you, but I'm here today to tell you He sees you. He sees everything you're going through. He sees everything you've taken responsibility for. And he sees every moment of trial and every moment of labor. He sees every bead of sweat that comes down your face. He sees every tear that falls. In fact, he catches it and he keeps it in storage as a memorial for you. And you think your tears are just falling for nothing. You think that God doesn't even know you six ways from Sunday. I want you to know this. God sees you. He sees everything you're going through. And he knows exactly what makes you stumble. He knows exactly what pulls you into sin. And he knows exactly what makes you go dark. And he wanted me to tell you today, I remember them. Not only do I remember them, I am building a memorial for them. Here's what this means. Throughout all of this time, Noah is working. Noah and his family are going through all the hell that they're going through in the ark. And God is intentionally pulling Noah and putting right up here In the forefront of his mind. Why? Because Noah was called by God. Hear me. When you receive salvation, you have been called by God. And the moment that you accept the call by receiving that gift of justification, in that moment, God places you right here. Every time God looks in the mirror. Does God look in the mirror? But every time God looks in the mirror, what does he see? He sees you. Every time God begins to step out of glory into the human story, the first thing he sees is you. Because you're right here. You're like a band in front of his eyes. He, he's like that dude on Star Trek that had the unit. Like, the, the, like, I'm a nerd. But all God sees is you. All he sees is your story. All he sees is exactly what you're going through. And you're like, he forgot about you. He did not forget about you because he is intentionally placing you right here. And he says, I'm going to build a memorial because I want every angelic being to see this memorial to my child. I want every demonic force that thinks they can overcome them. I want them every time they try to attack my child to see this giant memorial that I am building for them. And we say, oh, I stumbled. God forgot about it. No, he did not. He, all he did is he went out and he began to shine the memorial. You stumbled and you fell and you got dirty. He's like, hey, hey, devil, you thought you got them? Let me show you what's going here. Yeah, they fell in a moment of weakness, but look what I can do through them. God is memorializing you. He sees you. And divine, eternal justice built a memorial. Beyond everything that Noah was going through, you got to hear me. Jesus sees exactly where you are, He sees everything that you faced, He sees every bit of pain in your story, He sees every bit of disappointment, He sees every bit of hurt. He even sees the hurt that you've wrapped yourself in because you don't know how to be free. You've gotten so accustomed to the hurt, you think it's normal. And he's saying, no, no, I see you. I see you. By the way, if you think he doesn't see you, I could come down right now and sit next to you and preach to you because you thought you just came today. But he said, I'm drawing you. I see you, and I want you to see me. I want you to see me as your rescue, but I also want you to see me as the one who is memorializing every part of your story. I'm thinking about you every day because you matter to me. But what about this? Yes, that's why when that happened, I didn't let go of you. I held you tighter. Somebody hear me. Jesus is is intentionally thinking about you right now. He's intentionally thinking about you tomorrow when you get the bad news. He's intentionally thinking about you when you get the phone call. And he didn't forget all the years of you praying and carrying her. He said, no, I'm going to do something that my angels don't even know I can do. I'm going to reach down and rescue someone who I care about because this one I care about, put in the work. Don't get weary in well doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. I want to reap now. It's not due season yet. Somebody needs to hear me. I'm going old school right now. you got to keep planting. Even when you don't see it starting to sprout, you got to keep planting. you got to keep watering. you got to keep crying the tears because your tears are watering the soil where God is getting ready to do a miracle. But you got to keep going in. Don't just live and rescue. Accept the responsibility that comes with it and keep putting in the effort because God sees every moment. God, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Take another step. I can't go through this another day. Take another step. I feel like everything is falling apart. Pray one more prayer. I feel like everything is coming against me. Worship one more time. In fact, don't worship. Start praising. Because when you're ticked off at God, you don't want to tell him how much you love him. When you're ticked off at God, start talking about how great he is. Start praising him, and the devil gets mad and runs away, and God says, oh, yeah, let me show you this. What? Keep putting in the effort, even when it doesn't feel like you're making any ground. Keep being consistent. Don't let go. Mom, Dad, don't let go you got to promise. Don't let go of the promise. I know that today it doesn't seem like it's getting there, but don't you dare let go of the promise. Don't you dare stop praying. Don't you dare stop trusting. Because he said, if I said it was going to happen, I am able and willing to bring it to pass. you got to get to the place where you remember that not only does he hear our prayers, he will answer our prayers, but we've got to stay in the responsibility go back to verse 1 the, the second part god remembered all the beast and all the cattle that were there with noah in the ark this is the part like god shook me and anyone ever been shook by god like i've been shook i'm like and god intentionally remembered the cattle and the beasts what does that even mean Why? Why tell us this? Yeah, they're in the ark. Okay, cool. But why? Why pull it out in the story? You got to understand this. This is not an option. This is truth. Everything that is in truth matters, everything that is in truth matters to you and it is profitable, and it is needful, and it will develop you and stretch you if you read it and you accept it even when you don't like it. God remembered all the beasts and all the cattle. Great, but why? Because he intentionally remembered Noah's responsibility. If God calls you to do something, or if God calls you into a field and you're investing yourself in that field, God will not forget the situation he put you in because the responsibility is important. You see, if Noah had shirked on his duties, if Noah and Mrs. Noah and Hamsham and Japheth and all of the ladies that live with them, if they were unwilling to go take care of all the little tiny animals and all the little tiny cages, we would have no animals today. There, was, there would be no legacy if someone did not take time to be intentional with what God had entrusted to them. Somebody hear me. We want to go out and rebuild houses for people. and That's awesome. Every opportunity we can, let's do it. But if we are not stewarding the legacy that God has poured into us, you got to understand this, the salvation we have received is the empowerment that we need to pour out when we step out to serve other people. If we're not stewarding this, we're forgetting it. But even if we shirk in our responsibility, God says, I will not forget what I called them to accomplish. Not only does he memorialize you, come back to you, not only does he memorialize you, he memorializes every time it hurt to leave Devin and the kids to go take care of mom. Hey, Someone who serves in the kids team. Every Sunday that you're not in the house of God worshiping and cutting a rug with us and you're pouring out in those kids, God sees you. I don't know if I like missing church. He sees you. Don't be weary and well-doing. Every time, hey, worshiper, every time you spend more hours learning more songs, hey, hey Dylan, every time the pastor comes to you and says, hey, it's time to learn another instrument. And don't get weary and well-doing. Keep investing. Hey, core team, NOLA fam team when the pastor says, we're going a complete other direction in 15 minutes. They're laughing because it happens. Hey, Toby, when the pastor texts you early in the morning and says, oh, by the way, that whole side of the building, we lost sound on that side of the building this morning. We don't even know why. We have to keep on pushing because God sees the fact that we are investing in the responsibility. Don't get weary Don't back up just because you're uncomfortable. Don't back up just because you get tired. He entrusted you with the responsibility on purpose. Somebody hear me. I'm talking to somebody right now. You got to hear me. You've got ideas in your mind. I don't even know why I'm going here, but God does. You've got ideas in your mind of what God has called you to do. He's like, no, 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 no. I've got greater things than you can even comprehend but I can't trust you there until I can trust you here. You, I can't trust you with this platform until I can trust you with this mop. Hey, Noah, Ham, Sham, Japheth, family. You ready to repopulate the earth? Let me see what you can do in an ark. Because if you can't take care of the ark... You can't take care of the globe. Hear me. I got a calling. I got a calling, and I can't, I can't shake it. I'm not coming for anybody. I'm just speaking what the Lord is speaking in me now. I've got a calling, and I, 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 can't, I can't wait to pour out in my calling. What are you doing with the place He has you now? Man, I want to reach the lost. I want to go to Haiti and rebuild. Awesome. But are you walking across the street? Are you knocking on the neighbor's door? we got churches in Africa. You want to know why God is entrusting churches in Africa to me? Because I've been entrusting myself to his responsibility, and I've been putting in the work. And so now he's starting to stretch me beyond what my understanding is. And I'm, I'm, don't, don't look at me. I'm not special. I'm just showing you. You don't get what he's called you to until you are faithful with this what seems small. And God's not going to give you a ministry until you're willing to pour out into the vision He's planted you in. He's not going to give you the platform until you're willing to pick up that mop. Hey, where's the legacy? Is the legacy hungry? Noah, I got it. Does this make sense? Noah, yeah. I, whew. Lord's been speaking in my spirit. Whoo, I've been feeling some things. Speaking in my spirit, hang on, the legacy stinks for a minute. I got to go take care of that. Is this okay? Is this okay? We want the spotlight, but we're unwilling to put in the labor to the responsibility. But I want you to see that God not only sees you, He sees the responsibility and He sees your personal investment into it. And He builds a memorial not only to you, but to everything He's called you to do. End of verse 1. This is where we want to go here. Y'all hear me. God caused a wind to blow across the earth and the waters subsided. God caused a wind to blow across the earth and the waters subsided. The wind that we see here at the end of verse 1 in in chapter 8 is the same wind that we see in chapter 1 where the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters and the Spirit of God went and life began. This is the same thing that we see happening here. It's the same wind because it's the same God. You can't separate God from the different elements of who he is. Right? This is the same wind we see blowing across the chaos. And here's what it is. Everywhere around him, the pathway of rescue, which is the flood, has risen above the highest mountain so that there is nothing underneath the surface of the water that will interfere with the ark of rescue that's on top of the water. God wants to get you above it, but you got to let him close the door. Go back to last Sunday. If you missed it, go watch the video. Let him close the door so he can take you above the situation. And now you're up there, and all around the water is absolute turmoil. The water is absolute chaos the winds are blowing and the the white caps are happening and the breakers are coming in and they're crashing against the boat. This is what's happening. And in the midst of this, God says, hear me. God is blowing in your situation that seems chaotic. There's a right way and a wrong way to read this verse. You can read this verse that God caused a wind to blow across the earth and the water subsided as God blew a wind and he blew all the effort out of the waves and he blew the waves into a calm. That is the wrong way to read this. When you do a little bit of contextual study and you get into this text, Here's what you begin to understand, that the wind of God, which is the character of God, we call this the Holy Spirit, all us old school folks, we call this the Holy Ghost. Y'all with me? This is not a dove. This is not the third person of some made-up trinity. This is the God of all gods, his character breathing into the reality of the situation. And the God of all gods goes, and the waves said this, Oh God. God did not blow and the winds go, oh, okay. It's easy to read it that way, but that's not what it says. The breath of God descended on the chaos of the waves and the waves had no choice but to subside. God sees your situation and he sees the chaos that's bumping up all around you. And he is blowing. And the chaos around you, you don't have to deal with. Because it won't listen to you. But it has no choice but to subside when the wind of God himself goes. So let me ask you this. Anybody feeling some chaos in your life right now? Anybody suffering through some situations in your story right now? and you're facing things you don't know what to do. You, you've got choices you got to make, and you don't even know how to make them. You're, you're completely overwhelmed. You're completely saturated, and you look around, and all you see in the world in which God called you is absolute, utter chaos. I want you to know, don't give up. Don't stop investing into the responsibility. Don't pull back. Don't say, I need a little bit of time alone. No, just press on, because the moment you begin to press on, God begins to blow into your chaos, and your chaos is not going have any choice but to simply surrender to everything that he is. Why? How do you know this? Because the wind didn't cause the water to stop. The wind of God overpowered the chaos. I bring this to a close. Right here in this moment, this is where we see Jesus fully exposed in Noah's story. I'll give you three things here. I believe we have a water baptism that's going to be ready to go here in a few minutes. I guess we don't have a water baptism. We're right here. She's right here. We got, we got us a water baptism. She's here. I want you to hear me. Baby, why don't you go ahead and get up, and Mark's going to be ready for you here in just a second. Help her out, Mark. Help her out, team. I'm so excited. By the way, this is 10 weeks in a row we've had a baptism every weekend. You may not understand this, but this is divine fulfillment to a promise he gave us a few years ago. We're going to keep baptizing. We're just going to keep going. Here we go. Number one, you got to hear me. Everybody right up here, right up here. They're getting ready to do what the church does. The church that don't baptize ain't a church. They're just a home group. That was snarky, yeah, but it was true. Jesus will never abandon you. Hear me. Hear me. Real quick, I wonder who would be honest with me. Anybody going through something right now? Anybody faces something that you feel like is overwhelming you? Keep your hand up. Let me me make sure to see you. Look up into my sometimes hazel eyes. He will not abandon you. I may. The person next to you may. Jesus will never abandon you. Let's take about 15 seconds and thank him for that right now. Praise God. Come on, you got to remind yourself no matter what I'm facing, he's not going to abandon me. No matter what I'm going through, Jesus will not abandon me. Y'all ready? Number two, you got to hang on to this. Jesus intentionally memorializes you. And your responsibility. Okay. Another group of people, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to be real. This is not a time to be sanctimonious and act like you got all your stuff together. I need some people to be real. with. Y'all going to be real with me? If you're going to be real with me, say, mm-hmm. Is anybody in the room today carrying something for somebody else? If that's who you are, I want you to lift your hand. You're carrying a burden it's actually somebody else's burden. Anybody tired? Look around. Keep your hands up. Let your church family see you. They need to see you. God sees you. Why can't we see you? We need to know what you're going through so we can help you carry it. But I want you to hear this. You can put your hands down. God is memorializing you and that thing that you have to carry. And He knows it's no little thing. But he sees you and he wants me to tell you today. I know they feel weak, but my strength is made perfect in their weakness. And they're not carrying it by themselves. Because every time their arms drop, my wind blows beneath and just lifts them up a little bit higher. Number three. When you don't abandon your responsibility, even in the chaos. Here's the promise that Jesus has for you today. Jesus will breathe his spirit over your situation. And your chaos has no choice but to surrender. So here's what I want us to do. Nobody looking around. Every eye closed, every head bowed. In fact, bring the lights down. Pastor, How do I access these promises? We've been talking about it for several months now. Trust, rely, obey. Trust, rely, obey. I trust even when I don't understand. I trust even when I don't agree. I rely even when I feel like I should do this on my own and I obey even the things I was never taught before I obey the truth that is in the Word of God even when it challenges me even when it says no don't do it now hey I trust rely obey and when I trust rely obey he refuses to abandon me he intentionally memorializes me and he breathes his spirit into my story calming my chaos I don't want every eye closed, every head bowed, nobody looking around. We're going to go back into worship here in a minute, and we're going to baptize. But I want you to hear me. No matter what you're going through in life, Jesus sees you. He sees your situation. He sees your burden. And somebody came here today with a heavy burden of that responsibility they're carrying and he wants you to know I know it's getting heavy but here's the challenge keep trusting keep relying keep obeying keep trusting keep relying keep obeying because you may not have understood it because it was heavy and it was chaotic but God is ready to move in your story he's just waiting on you to keep trusting relying and obeying